A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Right here, right now. Oh, I messed up the intro, but we're going to keep it. Well, my name is Anthony. I messed up the intro, but this is another episode of the DNA Airwaves. And the good news is, if I don't like it, I'll re-record it real quick and slap it on. I'm here with my co-host, Dariki Palmer. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. Your first doing last say? name, called out the full government. Yeah, my govy. My yeah, govies. <laughs> oh, man. So this is going to be a, this is a cool chat because uh, I spoke with Sean Wilson, who some of our listeners are familiar with piano teacher extraordinaire um he's an american but he's nothing wrong with american i don't know why i said it that way he's an american (laughs) born in canada who didn't spend very much time living in canada and uh grew up in the states but we talked about some issues uh not issues like just some history of black music um black music in canada and just black music in general and uh yeah it was a great chat so i just wanted to kind of catch up with you and get some of your thoughts on that conversation and well, share I think that before with too. I share my thoughts I would be curious to what were some of the highlights in the conversation that you had with him did he enlighten you on something that you might not have known about or just um was it, you know what? You know, it was, was it things uh, that you had heard before yeah I don't know if it was anything like enlightening just I mean history but also just some of his uh inspirations it was cool to hear some of those and you'll hear that yeah. a little later on in the conversation for everyone who's listening. Um, but yeah, just kind of the way he framed the black music experience and sort of the origins, at least of like uh, modern black music. He's uh, he definitely spoke to um, you know like gospel and blues and jazz. Um, and one of the big differences is something that we've talked about here before, which is a lot of people grow up in formal education, music education, learning to right. read music. And there's always yeah. been this uh, two-sided equation of people who can read music and people who can play by ear. And right. some meet in the middle somewhere and are fortunate enough to be able to do both well. But in a lot of cases, it seems to be one or the other. Um, so Agreed. a lot of the guys who grew up, especially in the gospel circle, who maybe transitioned into like that R&B world, yeah. are great at playing by ear um, and can't read music and never needed to in that, in that um, you know, environment that they grew up in. But then there's a lot yeah. of people who play phenomenally by, uh, by uh, charts and reading who can't, I don't want to say who can't play, but just aren't at that level playing by ear and aren't comfortable and then uh like just being able to improvise and you know take ideas and play on the fly so that was cool to talk about sean because he's one of the great improvisers i guess of our time yeah for sure and i think that part of that ability to um improvise well or just play by ear goes back to like you know 
slavery essentially because uh, most of the time we were you know illiterate we weren't allowed to read it was actually against the law to to have them read so they had to kind of just go off of you know improvisation exactly you know yeah yeah it's a reality that it's a harsh reality yeah it was part of the roots of african-american music and Mm -hmm. i think that music was a solace at the time but it was always passed down orally because like i was mentioning you know the limits on literacy and even ownership at those times so i think that it's kind of almost ingrained after years and years and generations and generations that some people's music is almost inherited you know it really is and um unfortunately we had a conversation about this before some people just rest on that you know and they don't really want to invest the intellectual i don't even know what you say uh time into like mastering the craft you know what i mean and taking it further uh, exactly and just beyond you're talking about beyond like playing by ear natural ability to play by ear yeah 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 like you said outliers and just disciplined people can sometimes um break that barrier and go beyond just playing by ear and kind of fuse together theory and their natural ability and i think that's i think we called uh, like skill remember we had a we had a good conversation about talent versus skill and yeah that's kind of uh parallel on you know that discussion that we had that some people are very skillful like anyone can be talented but yep. there's not too many skillful human beings out there so i think it kind of come it, it kind of overlaps that conversation you know what i mean yeah yeah you're right about that and i guess in some musical environments there's no need for you to be able to read anyways so a lot right. of people do thrive like you could i don't know i don't want for example if you're in beyonce's band in that setting as structure as it is you yeah. probably aren't reading the music during the performance right. at least you might use it as a tool to you know um internalize the music that might be a part of the process but uh overall it might not be a requirement and actually since we're um you know since we're talking about our chat with sean when he was on one of the last times he had mentioned i think it was these three ways that he breaks down um musicians as far as yeah. being able to some are teachers some are analyzers yeah yeah. yeah, and some are performers. And right. he said that, you know, not everyone can over, not everyone has the ability to overlap. And usually people fit well into one of those categories. Agreed. So you're talking, just because you were mentioning the theory, I know in a lot of cases people can really play, but couldn't explain what they're playing. Which, right. exactly. And you mentioned, yeah, like the music is kind of like you inherited it. And that's. I guess that's one way of sort of explaining that too, because it's crazy. I guess just it's like language, right? You might yeah. not know the rules of the language that we're speaking and be able to have a conversation that way, but you understand the language and you can speak it fluently. So I guess the same exactly. does apply to music. So yeah, cool stuff there, man. Um, you mentioned the slavery stuff, like just just it's almost like not even almost. I guess if basically things that were taken away like the ability or the chance to even have the ability to do things that we take for granted now like read and write yeah yeah exactly but without that our ancestors found ways to overcome and not only that overcome and take it to a level that we're benefiting even when we're talking about something i mean in the greater scheme of things as small as music might be 
um, I guess as far as like survival goes, we've been able, or they were able to take that, internalize this music and pass it on to us in a way that we can, you know, have these gifts where we're fascinating people by being able to play things and in a way like without the theory, it's just that, that blows my mind. Um, yeah, exactly. What they took you're, away you're, from us, we uh, we took it and ran with it. Right, and it's, it's uh, it speaks to the power exactly. That's uh, magical. What you're able to do, you know, as a disenfranchised community, you know, singers were able to not only give hope to the slaves, use it as a solace, but they hmm. came together to sing these songs, and you know, it became a. a a beacon of hope for the enslaved and then afterwards they use that to kind of sell to you know white audiences in order hmm. to be able to save money and raise money for their own ventures until we're able to buy property and we're able to have these juke joints and these yeah. little sections where people are sneaking over the other side of the tracks to come and hear this this hypnotic music Can you with imagine? soul wow. in it that you've never heard before. You've heard, you know, the weirdest of music before and you hear and feel the soul in some of these music. When some people sing, you yeah. know, I know you feel it. You yeah, feel yeah. it's coming from, the from first a different place. Word. Exactly. Right? And, that's, and it's it's magical oof. that ability to take that from singing in the cotton fields to becoming the most, you know, to having Beyonce win the most Grammys ever, you know, as a as a human being, forget being black, you know, she has the most Grammys, I believe, the most Grammys of anyone ever to do music. Mm. And just if you think about that journey and what music has been able to do and being in able a to short us period of time, too. in a very short period of time, yeah, you know, it. I, I'm sorry for getting so excited, but it's magical. No, it is, to, man. Like as you were that. talking, I'm visualizing like. We, like I said, we listen to music all day. It's just a part of our regular lives. We're driving in the car, you know, you're in the grocery store, there's music playing. Yeah. But to think that not too long ago, somebody who was directly connected to us and, you know, who we've essentially come from was in these terrible situations, singing, right. you know, songs as a form of hope. Hope, yeah. Messaging, just like there's just, it's through, coming from a really day. dark place. Just yeah, exactly. Just to get you through the day, maybe just to yeah. encourage your brother or your sister beside you. It's exactly. it's crazy that 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 is the origin of a lot of the music that we enjoy now. It's it's yeah. it's pain that was somehow converted into love and still compassion. Man, it's uh. Magical. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's something magical. to think about. Yeah, magical is a good word, man, to keep it positive because it's it's dark. It's dark, but it comes from darkness. But yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. The idea that you know that had been able to even happen just off of the voice that was given to us by God is, to me, it trips me out just to think about that. That's incredible, and, uh, man. Uh, there's incredible. a deeper part of that conversation if you're willing to go down a particular rabbit hole that one day maybe we can get into. But mm. it's uh, when you think about music and the connection to a higher power, but we can we can talk about that another time. But you definitely I'm fascinated, have. fascinated by just even when you look at the origins of traditional Amer African-American music, mm -hmm. where it started and what it's become. It's it's hard to to not take that and get like you know trip yeah 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 no i'm with you on that man 
I'm with you on that. And actually, another thing I found interesting, uh, just from my talk with Sean, but just in general, because there's like a lopsidedness. So we can talk about the history of black music in Canada, and and we will a little bit more throughout this month and onward, sure. uh, definitely. Yeah. But um, it's funny to think that over here in Canada, we know so much about the American culture, um, especially when well, music, entertainment, politics doesn't even matter. But when we right. talk to, you know, our, uh, people who are from the States, living in the States, um, they know so little about what's happening over here. And it's, that's always right. been interesting to me. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? What are, I mean, there's so many obvious reasons, but... I think, it, I, I think um, America's done a great job at marketing itself. And mm. in that marketing plan, it's really kind of always been the land of dreams even from the beginning before our days you know and then true. fast forward you know media did a great job at perpetuating america as this amazing place yeah and for you and i it's the birthplace of some of the all of the music that we've enjoyed do you know what i mean like yeah no that's it, very true it all had come from there and i remember specifically growing up as a child you know idolizing america as this like land where you know, I always wanted to go. I thought I wanted to go when I got older. It's like, oh, right. I can't wait till I'm old enough to move to the States. And, yeah, you know, yeah, it was just going to yeah. be this, you know, utopia for me as a black man. And <laughs> um, you would go down sometimes to the black churches. I would, you know, my mom would have to take us because we were young. Yeah. And we'd yeah. go to like Rochester and New That's Jersey. That's so true. I remember and, those days. And those experiences at those churches were different because there was such a large black community down there. And that was something that we had never seen before. You know what I mean? Uh, That's me true. I can't well, yeah, well, when we it came from the same place. Years. so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting to always just get that experience and you're walking the streets and you're just like, you don't feel like an out, like a minority anymore. You feel like the majority. And it was, yeah, um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it was designed that way that Canada kind of just absorbs a lot of America's culture and folklore. Yeah. And I think hmm. um, it wasn't until we got older where we kind of understood it was all smoke and mirrors, you know, and you know, it's not what really matters in life. I think right. uh, it's probably what led us to just like, you know what, we should probably stay in Canada. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think that there is a, uh, a good, promotional machine that kind of mm -hmm. like makes america seem like it's the greatest so i think that's what attracts the world to america not just interesting Canadians. yeah and we're just so close that i think that we are just you know it's hard to we're getting that signal the strongest but it's affecting everybody that's true yeah we american are the culture, closest you know neighbors I mean? yeah yeah and actually as you were talking i was remembering something that i spoke with uh eddie bullen about similar right. conversation um and he had mentioned that america especially in the music and entertainment industry kind of like you said had intentionally built this infrastructure that worked in a way like you said that just really glorified the system but also was right. organized as a system that could like pump out um artists and music and they had yeah. all the connections to radio and like all these different avenues that are important to connect it to get the music to the ears of the people and um that was one thing also he mentioned 
something too about the culture in the States. And this is, I see this, I saw it growing up, whereas in black Canadians come from all over the place. Yeah. But we came um, and the culture kind of remained. So there was like, you know, we grew up with Jamaican parents. You kind of stayed true, whether it was, I mean, in your community, you stayed true to that culture. Um, And we were kind of speaking to that in the States. It wasn't like that. They had already embedded cultures. And maybe this is because our parents came over and we grew up here. So they were, you know, that first generation to come over. Where in the States, they might have had a couple generations before. So they had kind of developed a culture of like... Philadelphia might be like the soul where you might go somewhere else and it's more like the jazz vibe and even just different subsections of it. So when you come over, you have to kind of adapt to that as opposed to, you know, bringing your Jamaican culture with you and having that Jamaican community. So that was something. um, That's a great point. Something to that too. They're well seasoned and they had, you know, you go back because of the roots of the Afro-American experience there. Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard because it's well entrenched in the fabric already. So when you come over there, you yep. it's so well established that you kind of just want to become a part of it or understand, you know, yeah. you're going to fall in line. Whereas this here, you kind of yeah. have a chance to, you're building that community. Our parents and our grandparents were kind of building the community. You know what True. I mean? So yeah. it's really not that well developed over here as uh, as it is in the U.S. But I, I do agree with that. It's like, I think it's just centuries or a couple centuries of seasoning of the African-American experience in all of these different regions where we don't, I don't think it's that deep. Our roots aren't It's not that, that deep. deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess also as a result of having that seasoned, um, you know, embedded culture, culture yeah. then you can directly target, right? So you can reach an audience with the music specific to that audience and i think in canada it was just so diverse and just not together enough so i'm hoping that uh we're on our way to getting there i I feel like we are i think uh yeah i think you're right i think we're slowly getting there and i think the roots are slowly starting to really um dig deeper into the earth and i think you'll see something nationally if not at least provincially that really starts to look like something more stronger you know Mm. but We've got a way to go, and uh, but like you said, we're growing, and I see it just even the conversations that we've had with artists, yeah, we've had yeah. with other organizations and other people that are doing incredible things to try to establish those roots. You know what I mean? Yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, well, let's keep doing it. Let's keep spreading, uh, sharing the awareness. And uh, what do you think? Should we share this uh, conversation that we had with Sean? Yeah, I think we should. I think we got it now. Hey, what's going on, my man, Sean? How you doing? Pretty good, man. How's it going? Good, good, man. Good, man. It's been a little while here. It's good to catch up with you. Um, I guess we're a little bit off the, our normal course of action as far as being recording a, like a full episode podcast. Um, but I love the fact that you're still rocking the DNA Airwaves too. Listen, man, I had to, man. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep it right here in my office. I said, man, this is a perfect time to wear it. Perfect time. Just, you got to understand, man, Florida, Florida is like 80 degrees right now. <laughs> Somebody just turned us off right there. So it's just like we have like minus 25 here. So it is the perfect that time. You're crazy, just in a different man. place. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yeah. this weekend is getting it is dropping though, so it's, it's okay. dropping. The temperatures are dropping, so this weekend oh, is, it's going down to 
to 60-50, and oh, they call man. that cold down here, man. So Let me find yeah. that cry effect so I can have a little <laughs> boo-hoo. <laughs> no, dope, man. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate the support, man. Yeah, Definitely man. appreciate the anytime, support. Anytime I could come and just help out and support what you're doing, man, and just, just let me know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that, man. Same goes. So just wanted to jump in. I know I um, we talked a little bit about just some um, music history, and uh, more specifically, black music history. So hoping to just have a quick conversation with you, share some of your insights on some things, and uh, and go from there. So I can maybe just throw you some questions and get the ball rolling on this conversation. Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, I mean, you do a lot of things, but one of the things that you do very well and are probably most known for outside of your playing is instructing music. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if this is something that really you consider in your approach or if it's just kind of by the nature of you know, the genre of music that you're kind of most, um, you know, that's closest to your, to your heart. But as a music instructor, how important or is it important to teach music by uh, black musicians? Oh, yeah. It's, it, I, I think it's definitely important because yeah, we have to understand that, um, well, my view is a little bit different in terms of, you know, the origins in terms of jazz and okay. R&B mm-hmm. and all of the what we would call non-Western, if you would, non-European, they all, okay. uh, in my mind, the, the origin is from the black experience. Um, right. And so, you know, I feel that it came out of that. So the, the improv okay. and the jazz and all of that comes out of the black experience. Um, so mm. for me, that's a, that's a big difference, right? Now, classical that's is a, different. Yeah. Right. But yep, um, yep. so for me, teaching improv, um, you know, teaching um, how to sing around a melody uh, or color mm-hmm. a melody, all of that is going to come um, from the African-American side. And I think that's yeah. why we do it so well. Like um, naturally, it feels like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah so for me, um, it's very important to make sure that we're including um, African-American, um, you know, contributors to the genre. Make sure right. we're studying them. Now, there are, you know, a lot of, um, you know, uh, non-African-based uh, people who yeah. do very yeah. well in this genre. That's but for sure. But make yeah. no yeah. mistake. <laughs> make no mistake. We started the improv. The origin. You know, improv comes yeah. from us. Um, yep. And I think I, 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 I'm not a historian by any means. So if, if any if any of your viewers are watching and they know more than <laughs> you have to correct yeah, yeah, yeah. me, but I believe that at the, in, during slavery times, you know, mm-hmm. um, when we would come up with these with songs, and then from there you would have gospel, which originated out of that, and blues, yeah. which originated out of that. But jazz comes Same from place, that, yeah. right? So yeah, this is yeah, what yeah. I mean by it started with the black experience. And so, Mm. you know, jazz, blues, gospel, all of these are highly improv-based music genres, which, again, all come out of the black experience. Now, when you're reading the music and you're just strictly going off of what you see, and that's a different thing, right? Um, For me, improvisation is purely African-American in origin. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's big. And I mean, it's real because whether you're talking about churches or just mm-hmm. like a jazz bar, whatever right. it is, um, there's one, I guess, school of thought where you show up, you play what's in front of you, 
mm-hmm. and you don't stray away from that. Exactly. And then there's, exactly. and then kind of in our world, we'll call it for now, in our world, you show up, you have no, you know the song, you might know the song, let's say that, but let's just assume mm-hmm. you do know the song, you have no idea how you're going to play it until you're yeah. in that moment, right? Yeah. And I think to me, that's part of the beauty of the improv, especially in church, is when you, you're not rehearsing. And I know you'll you'll speak to this, the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So you have the language, you have the runs, you have the licks, and you have the understanding of the structure and the form of the song and the chords and all that good stuff. But in the moment, you, I, I know your way of explaining it's going to be a lot better than mine, but I'll just say <laughs> in the moment you have access to these things that kind of just come out. And in a lot of cases it comes from the heart or from the spirit or, you know, it's yeah. not... Yeah, is that kind of in line with your, I think it's in line with your school of thought, right? It's, it's in line with my school of thought, and it's in line with what I would say is a black experience. I mean, you look at all the artists across, not just music, but artistry, yeah. you know, dance. True. Yeah. You know, it's all of the creative expression, the things involving right. creativity are essentially <clears throat> black in origin. Right, So. Yeah. You know, you have to think about it like that. And so, you know, mm. the only thing I've tried to do is say, well, what, how do we inform that creativity, right? So mm. where does it come from in terms of, you know, and that's where my theory of vocabulary comes from in that, you yeah. know, you can have your creativity, but there are still some rules, right? There's still something you have yeah. to do. There's still, there's some rules that you have to figure out, you know, stuff right. like that. But at the right. end of the day, it's a creativity-based thing and not just that I'm going to read what's on the sheet and do that. And and yes, I think yes. this is this is what's taken over, man. Like, that's what people are wanting. In fact, if you if you talk about, if any of uh, your listeners have mm. taken music and got tired of it, it usually, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's because they were forced to do something that they didn't want to do. They were, they were playing a song mm. and didn't really want to, because the person didn't understand what we huh. blacks understand that it all comes from the creative experience and not yeah. just what you see. Now, here's a cool thing. Yeah, my my history, I grew up with both, so I had to learn those songs. Mm. Right? I had to play exactly what was written. Okay, but yeah, I, yeah. I, but in my in my thing, I would always try to make it my own. See, <laughs> and so that's okay. that's the part where a lot of people are missing, and that's why they don't develop that love for the music. So going back to your original question, in terms of why I think um, black composers and why we should be studying songs from black um, um, musicians is because of that. Because you want the creativity, you want to be able to have right. both. You want both the formal structure, and, and, and that's great. Right. But you also want the ability to express yourself musically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that nobody does it better, in my opinion, yeah. I tend to agree with you on that, Sean. <laughs> um, I guess as a piano player, I'd love to know the answer to this one. Okay. Other, or who are some influential, or some, I guess, piano players, past and present, that had some influence on your development and playing? Yeah, there's a lot of people that had a development on me musically. Uh, I will have to say, though, the biggest is going to be my own father. So my dad is going to be my biggest influence. Oh, he was an organist. And he, wow. he, that's when my ear was first exposed to I didn't these know crazy that, harmonies. Yeah, man. Okay, okay. He was, a, he was a, or in fact, he was an oh. organist at a music, the college I went to, which was a music college. Oh wow! And he would confound the the people that were there. So he he that was him. So, um, luckily for me, 
I had that as an influence. Now he didn't teach me. We did have mm. a, a piano teacher, but um, and my dad, by the way, he's uh, my dad is f- um, from uh, I'm sorry from Trinidad. Okay, he's, okay, he's from Trinidad. But okay. he met my mom um, at uh, Kingsway College in in um, in, in uh, Canada. Oh, Kingsway okay. is in Toronto, right? Kingsway. How come I'm not familiar with that, man? Now someone's judging me. Yeah, no, it's it's the cut. In fact, when name. I went when I went to Toronto, I went I went to visit. Um, oh, did you? Yeah, I went to visit that college that he went to that him and my mom met at. Oh, so is it like a Christian was, school. It's a, I believe so. Did you? Okay. If you look it up. I think it's Kingsway yeah, I'm just College. Looking up okay, Dundas. You know, I'm not really a downtown like the toronto i'm a little i'm in the outskirts and i oh, grew okay. up in the outskirts so okay. uh anyone judging me right now it's, uh, <laughs> i apologize yeah yeah yeah. okay so, yeah, it's so like i was like man I, I think i, I okay. think i'm sure it was toronto like i didn't want to oh, say man. first like that it was it was toronto i knew yeah, it's canada yeah. but i i think it's you're, yeah i think it's toronto so um you're, you're burning me on the history already man <laughs> shame on me <laughs> yeah so my he he would be my um yeah so i was born there and um you know, but he would be my biggest influence, uh, you know, Massive. as far as that. And then also, I have, I have, I don't know which way you want me to go. I have both gospel and non-gospel influences. So I don't know if you want me to just kind of stick with one or the other. Uh, but I can yeah, kind of... Yeah, way, man. Okay. So for gospel people, there's a guy named Kevin Bond um, mm. who, his sound is what influenced me. And so if you're... You just type him in and listen to some of his early sounds. He played for a gospel artist called Yolanda Adams. Mm. And I remember listening to songs like um, "Just Just a Prayer Away" and "In the Midst yeah. of It All." When oh, I was man. younger, I would you know those, th- th- and I'd be like, "Who's on the piano?" Like, and yeah. this is when I was young. You know, I didn't have we didn't have YouTube. You know what I'm saying? We right, were a different up, time. So, <laughs> so we just kind of I would be hearing the piano. In reality, they just had it mixed really good because a lot of the a mm. lot of the mixes, and I'm just thinking of this as I'm talking here. Yeah, you know, like there's it. a lot of albums that would come out, but they would never really highlight the piano. The piano would always like kind of sit in the background. It's like hidden in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of those, when they started kind of bringing the piano a little bit forward in the mix, and it's um, true, you could, I'd be like, man, point. who is that? So he's one. There's another person. Uh, you may not know him, hmm. uh, Mervyn Warren. He's an African American. Okay. And he's the one who kind of started to take six, um, if you've heard of them. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. he's also, he did um, the soundtrack for Preacher's Wife. He did the, oh, okay. uh, he's the one okay. who arranged the music for that. He also arranged the music for S- Sister Act 1 and 2. Okay, everyone um, knows that one for of, sure. Yeah, if you've heard of um, this, um, Why Should I Be Discouraged, that the, the pianist yeah, 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 on that yeah. one. Oh, Happy okay. Day. Oh, okay, um, everyone knows those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did all those songs. Big, um, okay. Yeah, and, and the piano to me on those is just, there's nothing way out there, you know what I'm saying? It's just... Yeah, yeah. But it's it, it kind of formed my early experience. So stuff like that. Oh, okay. and by the way, Winans and Commission. Mm. Now, they're not musicians, but they, they inform my sound. So there's a current okay, that makes right sense. now called yeah, the, okay. the Williams Brothers. <laughs> okay, okay. And it's home, man. When I when I hear that record, it feels like home for me. But let me Check go let me go out. to some non-musicians <laughs> real quick because I know I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, uh, not non, non-musicians, non-gospel-based. Um, non-gospel. Okay, um, that perfect. That still influenced me. Um, so we have a, 
Quincy Jones mm. would probably be uh, a good influence for me. Big. Yep. Um, yeah, big. Um, uh, D'Angelo, actually. I'm going to put him His along sound. with him. Yeah. Yeah. His sound. Yeah. Okay. His sound on the brown sugar. Oh, my god. You know, gosh. it went platinum. It went platinum in the U.S., but they said it did really good in Canada, too. Oh, it um, sure did, yeah. Brown Sugar album, man. And that, that thing, man, I don't know if you guys were playing that, but I was <laughs> I was playing that album, man. <laughs> that and informed then, a lot of musical decisions, definitely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then there's a guy called John Williams. Now, he is probably one of the most prolific composers of uh, to mm. date. He did a, a movie called Schindler's List. But he also did the movie Pirates of the Caribbean and Superman and oh, all okay. those big movies. And when you hear the, when you hear the music and how yeah. that music supports and, and those some of those theme songs we still recognize to this day. So yep. he's a big one for me. And another That's guy, huge. I guess, on the jazz category would be a guy named George Gershwin, mm, okay, who's really yep. good, and a Canadian, uh, Oscar Peterson. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know, Oscar Peterson's from Canada. Um I think he's from yeah. Quebec, if I don't if I'm is it Quebec? I believe Quebec so. or is it Montreal, maybe. Uh, yeah, but, um, Montreal and Quebec, yeah. Yep. Yeah, in fact I now he now I will say Oscar was a little bit later once I started kind of get more serious. Um he's not for the casual listener. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. the beginner Even. is not gonna get a lot from him, but you could because <laughs> remember my rule says you have to in order to understand the person's vocabulary, you have to at least recognize some of their stuff True. so um now you can important. you can gain from by just listening and gain that way but if you're really trying to learn their stuff they have to be you know you have to recognize some stuff but yeah so yeah. those are, those would be some of my influence and like i said it's um, a great list a lot of them have had influences and, and again one's directly from canada um which is yeah. oscar but you know that's there yeah, that's my list man that's a great list, man. I'm sure anyone who hasn't heard of some of these names is already typing them in, checking them out. So, yeah, that's check huge, out, man. man. Check them out, man. Check them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't forget to check out my man, Sean Wilson. I guess uh, just because this is what we do, I got to let you run. But let people know where to find you online, how to follow you and all that good stuff, too. Yeah, man. Okay, so, you know, if if you are, you know, if you're just wanting to know how, if you're just wanting to understand music better, um, how it works from the musician side. Yes. I have a lot of people that listen to me that aren't pianists. Um, and I'm not mm-hmm. just talking about other instruments because I'd have that too. We have a lot of bassists. That's we me. have a yep, lot yep. of people who play other instruments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have people who listen to me religiously who aren't mm. pianists or don't play an instrument because they want to understand how the musician thinks. They want to uh-huh. understand why we do what we do and things like that and they want to understand it from a musical perspective so this Uh is just a uh, just you know for anyone who's just kind of wants to understand music better and how we think because we get into the to to the theory of things but i tie it also into the emotion why we make certain Mm. choices that we make so um so if anyone's interested, I would love for you to check me out at um, Sean Wilson. Well, I, I think the best thing to do would be to go to YouTube right. and type okay. in Sean, S-E-A-N, Wilson Piano, and just right. kind of check out some of my videos. Um, I did a, a video uh, two weeks ago, got over over 100,000 views in like a week or two about Heck. the ear. It was about the mm. ear, and it was telling people why they're putting too much emphasis on the ear when they should be putting it on their existing 
body of knowledge. <laughs> it was really, it was a really deep. Uh, <laughs> listen, man. That that video went wild. It went crazy. I have people trying to debate me in the comments, but we had uh, a lot of people who were saying, "Listen, I'm Sean is correct." You know, so yeah. we were. You know, <laughs> it was a really good video. So y'all got to check that video out. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, stuff always, Sean man. Wilson Piano it. on Dope. all platforms. My name is the same. So. Dope. Whether it's Instagram, uh, uh, on Instagram, you put Sean Wilson Piano, you'll see me there. Um, TikTok, I'm Dope. on TikTok. TikTok, uh, okay, cool. I'm going to be on YouTube. Um, Definitely on YouTube. And then, of course, my sure. website, SeanWilsonPiano.com. And I made it simple, man. <laughs> you made so, it simple, man. <laughs> made it real simple. So, yeah, for anybody. Oh, Facebook, too. Uh, you can follow me on okay. Facebook. Um, nice. And that one will be, again, Sean Wilson Piano there. So, yeah, I would encourage Perfect. anybody to come in and just kind of come and jump in the comments ask me any yep. question you want to ask and 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 you can start this journey whatever your age is you can start the journey of learning music and really understanding what you're doing this is something yeah. new um to the genre because we have a lot of this for other like non um black you know right. um, musician teachers have been doing this and explaining their genres but right we have, yeah we have not had uh, a gospel, a person that comes out and explains our style. Mm, that's right? true. And in terms of a deep way that people understand, it's not like there's ten of us, right? There's yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's really I'm the only actually I'm the only transcriber <clears throat> right now. I'm the only transcriber in the world. That's a fact. Who is doing black um, the black gospel? Yeah. Right, um, in terms of that. Right, so it's it very, deep. it's yeah. a very, very niche down kind of a thing. So if that's something you're it. interested in, I think, um, you know, just check us out. There's only one place to go. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, man. Now there's, there's other, there, now I will say there are other teachers there that are, that are very great. They teach. Yeah, yeah. And there, there are other music teachers. Um, but the difference with me is I'm a transcriber, and and just to let you know real quick, a yeah. transcriber means that if somebody else plays a song. I go mm -hmm. and I figure out what they played. And in the process of figuring mm -hmm. out exactly what they played, no matter how difficult the song is, in the yeah. process of figuring out what they've played, I gain the language and the understanding that that person had as they played it. Yeah. And then I share that understanding with that's the listener. Depth. So that's a very different type of process. And I'm the only one doing that. So right. you can gain all kind of insight by it's my huge. transcription. Yeah, experience yeah. and 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 I would say ninety five of the percent, oh, it's probably higher. Yeah, are are black musicians? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I do transcribe the, the occasional. You know, my ear doesn't discriminate. Okay, so <laughs> my ear doesn't discriminate. If I hear something great, I say. But most of the stuff I'm hearing are coming from black musicians. So <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. <laughs> Take no, that I love for it. what it is, man. For what it is, facts in my opinion. Um. And I love it, man, because what you just described there to me is depth. A lot of people are showing you what to do with your fingers, but you're taking it to a level where you're almost getting into the minds of there other musicians go. who've played it. There it is. And then you're, you found That's a way it. as an educator and I guess as a great speaker to take that from their minds and put it into our minds. And you do it, one, to take it one step further, it's, you do it in a way that can be understood by the beginner 
right all the way up and you have like different steps that you have and there's a process as you mentioned that you have to follow so man definitely appreciate what you're doing man i appreciate you saying that that's really that's really you're you're a great speaker man yourself man (laughs) Uh, i'm learning from you man (laughs) i would not have even known to say it that way and you just really i I feel like the thoughts that you just gave just now is exactly what you know i am attempting to do working i'm hoping that i'm getting i try to get better and better every year at doing this and so again i just thank oh, you yeah. for, for having me on your platform man thank you man until we'll, we'll, we'll connect again soon most definitely for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> all right brother As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.